Good morning, wonderful people, spectacular people. Today is another special Black History Month podcast show. I like this. I like this new thing I've been doing. Welcome, welcome all of you beautiful, blessed, wonderful people. We are all fortunate, I believe, to even just to communicate with one another and to celebrate, enjoy, take the time to enjoy one another. Now, I'm going to come at you right. Um, This Black History Month celebration, this is my third one. Um, I'm going to call it, this is to the here and now strength, the here and now beauty, the here and now things that ought to be celebrated. I feel like it's a tragedy when we don't understand where we come from and <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, need some water. Nor do we know where we're going, some of us, not all of us. Is it our job to educate? <clears throat> Is it our job to motivate? Is it our job to strengthen one another? I feel like as a black woman, kind of young girl, I'm 40, about to be 41 by the time of next month, um, almost to the month of today, like March the 6th is my B-Day, so... Let's get off my B-Day. Let's talk about educate, motivate, inspire. So if we don't know where we come from, then I hear that before. Like, it's almost like calling us lost people. Yeah, that's basically saying we're lost people. And so this is where I'm at. Which is more important, to know where we're going, where we come from, or the the two. I think it's a two. Um, so do you know where you come from? I ain't talking about your mama vagina. Okay. Because some people don't know their mom. Some people don't know their dad. Some people don't know their parents. Yes, there's people like that. And all of them are not black, by the way. I had a, um, a male acquaintance that, you know, Italian, you know, my kind of physically, he was my type, but psychologically, no. The point I'm making, he didn't grow up with a mother. He didn't grow up with his father. He grew up with his adopted parents, but he had this sense of lostness about himself because of the way he was brought up. And I also know other Caucasian people that, for whatever reason, don't know the situation. They didn't grow up with their parent. This other guy I knew, who, like I say, he's Caucasian. He was raised in foster care. And I remember talking to him. We and him was both young. This is a while back. But I don't forget certain things like growing up in foster care and being told that he was 17. I had to be like 22, maybe. And he was saying, they're going to kick me out. 
if I don't find a job by my 18th birthday, if I don't have enough money to move out on my 18th birthday, I'm going to be in a shelter. This is what this young man was telling me. We met each other on the bus. This is the, the time of my life when I was staying in Flint, Michigan. And uh, yeah, I used to stay in Flint, Michigan four years. The point I'm making to you is I thought it was sad that um, a lot of people who grow up in foster care um, are forced to leave and be grown at 18 years old. If you don't have your shit together, you're on the street, you're in the shelter. And don't know how often that happens. But apparently that happens a lot. But do these people matter? I believe so because I'm one of their people. Okay? So, some people, because the lostness of not knowing their parents, well, all of them don't grow up to be criminals. I don't know why some people say dumb crap like that. I think some people say things like that to make, to give rationality of, Honestly, I think so forth is like rationality. Rationality comes supposed to be comes by wisdom, experience, and um, I don't know why people hate what they don't know. I think that's like a human nature thing. They hate what they don't know because the person I was telling you about who was forced to leave out of foster care, he's not the only one that experienced that. I have a friend, we're still friends today, this person experienced basically growing up in foster care. And this person is the nicest person. So, and the person who I was talking to was so sweet. So like when people come to this rationality, like because you had things happen to you or you didn't have things happen to you, therefore, I believe a lot of quacks are out there, okay? And not all of them are doctors, but some of them are. Like, there's certain psychiatrists in history, if you know them, instead of dealing with the real problem at hand, that this kid was abused, or this kid was, neglect is abuse, okay? The point I'm making is really simple. They are, instead of blaming, like, facing the problem, for get a name for themselves, they're going to blame the person with the problem and re-victimize the victim and I do not agree with that that's not right um, so when I'm talking about this do we know who, who we are and where we come from do you know who you are that's important to me see I didn't I have both my parents maybe you have too or maybe you were brought up by your grandmother or your grandfather or your uncle or your aunt. You know, um, I was able to have that, but I didn't have the most healthiest relationship. I like to think my parents did what they could. Might not necessarily been the best thing, but um, did I feel lost? I felt, still felt lost, even though I look like my dad, so I know damn well I'm my dad's daughter. <laughs> like, my mom had nothing to do with it. Um, any girls out there who um, 
favor their father's side of the family and it just seemed like even though he passed away it seemed like he's he was quite an important role model to me six four um very strong and his his daughter misses him deeply i no, i lost him last year september of last year well september the first he was buried so but why would I feel lost? Knowing that I know my parents, knowing that I knew my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my grandparents on both sides of the family. Why is that lostness? Where's that yearning coming from? Let me help you out. Not just because I could sit here in psychological babble saying, oh, because you didn't have a healthy relationship with your mother. That's why. No, that will require me to be pissed the fuck off. <laughs> and with good reasoning. Um, one day I'll tell you the story, but on this Black History Month, it's deeper than that. If people don't understand where they come from, they act a certain way, they do certain things. So my mother don't really understand her heritage like my father did because she didn't grow up with her father. It gets deeper than that. Sometimes... You know, I feel like in life, sometimes you can't help certain situations you were born up under. My mother couldn't help that. Her father abandoned her when she was, what I was told, three years old. And didn't see him again until she was in her late 30s. So, the, she didn't know her aunts, none of that. So, um, but some of, maybe some of y'all have been born into situations like that and you do the best with what God give you, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I think my grandmother did a phenomenal job. You asked me. A little bias, okay, because she was my best friend. She was my very first best friend. She was a very awesome, loving, strong, outspoken trailblazer. Just be talking about black history. I want to talk about her. Yes. She actually, um, let's see. What was the trailblazer thing besides being my grandmother? Um, <laughs> you know, I find that very important. Caring about my happiness, caring about other people's happiness, sacrificing for other people's happiness and joy. That I miss seeing her laugh, seeing her face, cooking fried chicken in a cast iron black skillet, her peach cobbler, Oh my gosh, um, her fried corn, her fried tomatoes. You know, I just think about the smells of a kitchen when I think about her and her watching her general hospital. And we all knew to shut up because she was our babysitter. You know, shut up myself, Don. <laughs> um, I, I miss her, I do miss her. I miss smelling that white diamond scent. I believe that was her favorite perfume. Her name was Minnie G, stand for Girlene Woods. Um, she's from West Virginia, born 1944. Whew. And um, she only had one child, one heir, and that's my mom. Look, I look at the logic. I had to get here somehow. I'm 18 years uh, older than my mother. So, and I'm the second child of four. So when I talk about black history, 
and knowing where you come from. I know my grandmother's from West Virginia, and not only was she from West Virginia, but all her sisters are from West Virginia, and um, Doshi, her mother, is from West Virginia as well, and generations on back from West Virginia, Doshi Woods. I don't know everything about her, but I do know she was definitely a trailblazer. She, at 15 years old, <clears throat> she went to Stocko High School. She had some complications. I want you to understand the, the time, the era. Um, the era says that, you know, this is in the late 50s, folks. I don't know if y'all aware or fully aware of this, but um, in the late 50s is when dun, 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 black history, not just black history, but American history was being made. And integration had started. And it was not exactly a comfortable situation. So at Stockholm High School, my grandmother stood up to the bullying, stood up to the ridicule that she was enduring at Stockholm High School. It had to be the year 1959. Was it 59? Yeah, my mother was born in 62, so that's about right. Um, September the 4th. She fought a Caucasian woman, well, young woman. Obviously, I'm, I'm assuming that she was high school age. See, I actually read the backstory. I know what she told me. And to me, it was hilarious what she told me because she was really funny. <laughs> Very funny. Minnie, I miss you. I never called her Minnie, okay? I just know that's her first name. That's my grandma. Like, I call her grandma, <laughs> okay? Um, but I miss my grandmother, Miss Minnie. She was also kept a clean house, um, very independent. But let me get back to 1959, many years before I was conceived or my mother was conceived. In this article, that I found when she fought back, like people like in that time she actually fought back. That's really bold of her. Well, if you knew my grandmother, she was definitely before her time. She did a lot of different things that, let's just say, in the fifties in West Virginia, you ain't trying to do. I was looking at the. I did my research, by the way. I did. Um, I read the Gazelle during that time, and I contacted the West Virginia archives, and a person by the name of Sue had answered the phone, and she was so sweet and loving, and it took like two years before I found this article that I've been telling, I was being told that I, I can't find the article, it's too old, or yada, 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 because some people are just negative, so I learned to block them out, so... She fought these people. She actually fought one person. Well, the, the article says one person, but she says it was two 
young lady says she wanted to fight him. Uh, oh, this was pre-calculated, by the way. How is this pre-calculated? A lot of fights that happen, especially, I mean, I think in life. But um, when you're dealing with people bullying you, kids react a certain type of way, especially when it's the law that is like celebrated ignorance. And in the late 50s, 1959, if you want to say the 50s itself, a lot of things with America was a giant sense of poor judgment. I don't know where they get this judgment from, but I guess at some point we had to grow and grow from a point of pain, and America was in pain. You okay can ridicule people, but I have to think about this is the same country that okayed you know, slavery, even though there was other countries. You could sit there and say there's other countries that, okay, slavery. Of course, it was the international exchange. I'm not saying it was okay, but to buy human beings is just wrong. And by the way, slavery didn't just happen to the Africans. It happened to the Irish. It happened to other nations of people. But it's really easy to just talk about them because of the fact that I'm African-American. It's real easy to talk about them, the Africans. But so forth as my grandmother, let's get back to the fight. It was pre-calculated. I was told it got so bad for this young woman that... They were literally spitting on her with their, can you imagine? I want you to think about it. It's one thing to get like beat on. Another thing when you take your saliva and spitting at a person, a human being. I don't even do that to animals. I don't know where people get these like sick, I call them sick behaviors that you don't even see animals do to each other. Anybody got a pet? Do you, or multiple pets? Do you see pets, like, spitting on each other on purpose? Normally, you aren't going to see that. Like, that's just what, what cats do. Or, um, I've seen them, like, licking and stuff. You know, that's normal. But, like, spitting? Like, all up in the eyes and shit, you know. <laughs> or into someone's hair, you know. It, it, I call it sick, nasty behavior. So, we're so-called the um, superior race versus animal. Sometimes I think our animals do better with their, the way they treat one another and the way they treat us, even though we are not our domestic animals. If you have domestic animals, dog or cat. Or, oh, and by the way, I'm going to make this a animal loving moment, adding love into your life. If you like animals and you're not allergic to them, Go to your local animal shelter. There's an animal you can rescue, and it's a lot of love that get invited into your life. Maybe you might want that type of love. And you might want to add that special type of love. It is a very special love. I recently, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, had the pleasure of Adopted this cat. This cat is something else. 
very, very sweet, extraordinarily smart. Lorenzo Leaper, Las Vegas. I gave him the Leaper, Las Vegas, of course, because he's four years old. It's been four years since I stayed in Vegas. You get it. And he's super smart. He should be in the circus. He really should be in the circus. But I don't know how it connects to all that. You know, I have no idea since the pandemic and how the show's going and all that stuff in Vegas. But, like, I really don't have a purpose right now to go to Vegas. I went to Vegas. Let's talk about my history. But let's get off of me for a minute. Let's get back to the grandmother. I just wanted to make it a adding love to your life minute. So let me get back to the history of my grandma, Minnie, girling Woods with an S. So they were fighting her. They were spitting on her. They were hitting her. They were tormenting her. And the research that I found in other newspaper articles during that time at Stocko High. You can look up Stocko High if you like. But this is 1959, September the 4th. Minnie G. Woods. Um, got into a fight, a racially charged fight. They made it sound like they both were just fighting, and I guess they, they obviously were. Um, according to the article that I read, I read that the woman, young lady, um, touched my grandmother's hair on the bus. Okay, I wasn't told that. I was just told they got into a fight. Okay, so... Some white people, and white people, if y'all listening, you don't go up and grab anybody's hair, first of all, black, white, whatever. And some white people feel like, I think it's weird because the way our hair is coarse and it's the complete opposite of theirs. But they yanked, the person yanked her hair. Like, that's like hair pulling. You just don't do it. You just don't do it. And... Um, there were some racial slurs thrown at my grandmother, and my grandmother threw some right back, and it was a fight. <laughs> but you need to hear the backstory. Now, that's what I read in an article at the Gazelle in West Virginia. There's uh, in Charleston Gazelle. And I read like at least several different newspaper articles. I thought it was just like one or two newspaper articles. No, it was several. I found several. Kudos to me in my research, I found several different newspaper articles on this grandmother, this best friend, this future grandmother and best friend of mine, future mother. So my mother was born in 62. That means she was 18. It also means that she was kicked out of high school. She didn't graduate. She would have been the first to graduate from this high school, this high school that gave her so much hell. Um, so I read the details of my grandmother and the problem. I didn't understand the whole reason why besides the fact that she couldn't, um, I didn't understand why she fought this girl. My grandmother said it was more than one girl. She said it was two girls she fought. But for whatever reason, they did not report that. That's why it's really good to know the subject matter because you get more detailed story, details of the story. So, I was told this. This is the backstory from that you're not going to find in the paper because she's my grandmother. So she made it quite clear, <laughs> crystal clear, um, during the time what she cho chose to do. So I explained. Hold on.
So, she told me during this time, she decided to stand up for herself. Even though the world around her was to stand up for her, the world around her was crazy. <clears throat> I would love to sit here and say that when she registered for school, that it was peaceful. And I read it was a lot of black people who registered for school. And then a lot of them, what did they do? They dropped out because they were intimidated manipulated and abused by the school. So it was obviously a power struggle going on. And um, I want you to imagine that because maybe some of us take it for granted, especially what's going on with the pandemic, y'all. And a lot of us are not able to go to school. Everybody is online, including yours truly. I get it. It's hard and complicated for everybody. But I want you, I want to acknowledge my heritage, my grandmother, um, and what a lot of black students went through. Now, there's a lot of different educational resources about different black people registering for school, accomplishing great things. It's a beautiful thing. But everyone has a different story. It depends on who's telling the story and who it happened to. And is it being discussed or is it being swept up on the rug? This Black History Month, do you know where you come from? Meaning, have you done research on your family? Have your family opened up and told you these things? Like I'm telling you about my related grandmother, my best friend, my homie, Miss Minnie G. Woods, who went to Stockholm High School. Did you have that opportunity? I hope to God that you have. I hope that you, well, have the honor of understanding your grandparents. There's so much we can learn from our grandparents if we took the time to listen to these people. And not just them, maybe, I don't know, maybe you want those blessed people that grew up with your parents. When you grow up with your parents, there's so many resources that exist there. I don't know all of them. I just know what happened with me and the things I was told about. They're bringing, you know, brought up like I would like to, my grandmother, she was not afraid to be herself. That's the one thing. The one thing, if I can give her anything about my grandmother, she had no problem speaking her mind at all. <laughs> at all. If it was no in-between with her, meaning you understood how she felt, <sighs> either she loved you or she could not stand your ass. And if she can't stand you, I'm getting out the way. She had no problem speaking up and standing up for herself. So I commend her in the sense of her purpose. When she was a teen, 15 years old, I want to mind you. So the article that I read about her going through this trauma, her father, my grandfather, Leroy, was going to get a lawyer to sue that high school. So other 
components got involved in this big fight. The fight that I read that was on the bus, it may sound like it was something simple, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Um, they make it like with just name calling. The other one, I read other resources and they said it was hair pulling. And other resources said it was not to a point to where they had to get rushed to the hospital or anything, so no charges was filed. Um, was there police involved? Of course. They called the police to the high school, according to another resource. Because different newspaper articles, if you do research, you notice there's different information. That's why I like finding different media outlets because what one media outlet won't cover, the other would, even though this is back in the 50s, the very late 50s. So I'm reading this and I see my grandmother's name and her age. And I also seen where the high school teacher, high school teacher, I'm sorry, the high school principal, I can't tell you his name, it's not coming to me. I read, and of course, unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, of course he was Caucasian, still part of that white America. And, um, but he did state the fact since there was about to be, you know, a lawsuit, everybody get uncomfortable, <laughs> um, that they were, the, the teacher said, we're going, not the teacher, I'm sorry, the high school principal um, said, we're going to do everything to make sure that she get to class and, you know, be safe, basically. And so my grandmother, the backstory was, my grandmother couldn't take being beat on, spit on, bullied, degraded, derailed. And she said it were two white girls. My grandmother had no reason to lie. This is my logic. When people tell me a story and I cannot find certain basic information, like the other, who was the other white girl, who were all these other racist white people that were coming after the black community and how my grandmother made the choice to stand up for herself. People said that was a scary time to be standing up for yourself, you know? So, my grandmother, meaning she was, she said she decided she wanted, she had in her mind she's going to fight. A day or so before, she just put it in her mind she was going to fight these people. And to a point, my grandmother, I don't know if you know her, but I know her. She sharpened her nails. She was known for her long nails, folks. I even have those nails. I'm not going to say they're as long as hers now. But when I was younger, they were pretty long. And, like, I know I got that from her. Um, small feet. <laughs> I'm the only one that got small feet. My grandmother wore a seven. Guess what size I wear? Seven. It's funny how I'm talking about the here and now and how you can literally be standing in <laughs> the shoes of yesterday's past, 1959, September the 4th. So I was told she sharpened her nails the night before. She said she got tired of it, and she said, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have to whoop their ass, simple as that. And I'm like, damn, whoop their ass. That's the motto. Okay. So uh, I'm listening to her tell me this story, and... She got into a fight with these girls. And so the back story, the other back story, meaning the, the resources that I found, yes, there were other black people that registered. Matter of fact, 
my grandmother used to walk with the Moss sisters. Who are the Moss sisters? Where are they from? Why are they so important in this story? The Moss sisters are my future aunties that I didn't grow up with. My, the Moss sister, oh, I just want to remind you, my grandfather's name is James Moss. Hello. He had a variety of sisters. I don't think he had any brothers. Yeah. He, I think he was the only boy. My mother looked like his twin. I've seen pictures. I don't know if he's still living today, but um, they look like twins. Like, I look just like my dad. So does my mom. Like, ooh, that is so your dad. You couldn't deny him if you wanted to. <laughs> Same thing with me. So, <laughs> how blessed are we, you know? So, um, the point I'm making is, the Moss sisters, they called the Moss sisters. They were walking with her. I read this in other resources. All the newspaper articles didn't have this. I found this in different resources of different, uh, the seven articles that I found. So I'm actually enlightening you and sh telling you my research that took two years to find. Because Sue, I, I think she's retiring from, um, the research for West Virginia archives. But last time we spoke, because I stayed in communication with her, and um, you know, it's just good to be around good people, even though the woman is in retirement age. It's a blessed thing when you can't retire, right? So um, I wish the best for Sue. And you know, Sue is a very common name, but anyway, um, Sue. Even though she thought the situation is kind of awkward, like, you can't get this stuff from your family. I'm like, I'm not really closest with them, you know. And <laughs> I don't, I've never been to West Virginia day in my life. So we took the dates and the things that um, I actually prayed for folks because my mother didn't know everything. She didn't know the details, like the year, the dates, um, stuff that she just didn't know for whatever reason. And... Um, and she got upset, like, like most people do when they don't understand something. They, they get pissed off. And, well, that's my mother. That's the way she, her anger management issues. <laughs> Good Lord. I love her, but some things, just like I think y'all can agree with me, for those who have a, a faith, I'm a Christian, and some things is so bad. I put my hands up and say, Jesus, <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> I give this to you, oh Lord, because the bird is too much. It's too much. So sometimes certain family members, people who we love, that's where a lot of us go. Well, at least I do. I go there quick. So with all that being said, um, my grandmother said she just had to whoop their ass. She said she fought two girls, and also the research I found the backstory. Another reason why she wasn't going anywhere. One, another reason why she's not registering to another high school. The next, the very next high school, a colored high school, quote in quote quote whatever, wasn't. It was 30 miles away. Well, I'm sorry, I don't want to over-exaggerate. 29 miles away. That's almost at 30 now. The point I'm making is she will be walking 30 miles to get to high school. Now, 
So, at this other resource that I read, the Moss sisters was with her. That tells me also that she knew my grandfather for a while before my mom was created. My, this situation happened in 1959. My mother wasn't born in 62. And the rumor was James Moss was come from a very fine family. Fine family is a cute word for saying they look good and they nice, you know, good looking, easy on the eyes. <laughs> and uh, my mother looked just like them. And um, the point I'm making is James Moss is his name. That's my grandfather. And I didn't grow up with him, but I know that I'm related to him. And, well, he's my grandfather. It is what it is. So... I think with our history, the thing for whatever reason, sometimes certain things are left out, certain resources, certain family members are not there. But researching is like hearing the voice of these people. These three Moss sisters who walked to school with them. Remember I said it was like a fight on the bus? That's why I like reading stuff because they said these sisters walked, they were like, witnessing the fight so you have one resource saying it was on a bus another resource saying it was in the high school it was probably in the high school I'm thinking because why else would there be a police officer at the high school a patrol car that came out and I'm trying to think what else was in the was in the file that I read I also read that okay they didn't press charges they only talked about one particular white girl but they didn't say her name Okay, which pissed me off in all the disclosure. They didn't talk about the second white girl, nor did they talk about the first white girl. They only talked about one, and they didn't mention her name. They just spoke for high school students. They tried to, like, some of the media outlets I was reading was trying to, like, cover it up like it wasn't a real problem. Bullshit. I read also within that time, that's why I started to research, and I am one who was research. I'm a writer. God made me this way. I don't apologize about it today. If this is who you are, it's a beautiful thing. So um, I read also that not only was the high school 29 miles away, the next color high school. Basically, she's not going anywhere. You catch me? Like... Matter of fact, she transferred from one particular high school to that high school. Why? Because she moved. She was living with her aunt now. Okay? So, um, and she moved to a different county. So, the whole point in all that is this trailblazer, my grandmother. <clears throat> this was documented about her and her life. A day in a life in the late 50s for a young black girl her nickname was Skinny Minnie. This was a future grandmother. Um, I actually seen a picture of her when she was a young woman holding my mother. I don't see, my mom says she doesn't have the picture. She probably lost it along the way. But the picture was her as a baby being held. And she was skinny. There's a reason why they call her Skinny Minnie. Okay, because she was very skinny. And, um, you know, my mom, mom ain't skinny. And I don't think she's ever been skinny. And she'll tell you quick, I ain't never been skinny. That's a fact. 
but um, she looked so different. Her face features look the same, but everything was super. She wasn't like fat, like, you know, really big. She was what I call medium built. Um, she was my grandmother and she went through a lot. I would say people of that time, they were survivors. I kind of had to be because it's like you had wars within a society like segregation, humiliation, a society okaying the so-called majority, a so-called example to abuse and attack these people that has been in this country for many years. My grandmother didn't come fresh off a boat, okay? I can sit here and tell you that, even though every American can't tell you that. Every American can say that their grandparents are actually born and raised in this country. And her parents were Americans, African Americans. The point I'm making to you is, these are generations of people American people, black people, strong people that survive, that somehow they survive and they move forward. And that's the great thing about history is that you can see the strength from these people. You can see it. You like to me, love is strength. So my grandmother had an idea of what type of mother she wanted to be, even though herself was a kid. She was 18 when she gave birth. She was grown. But um, back in the day, if you get pregnant in high school, they snatch your ass out. She was supposed to be the first African-American to graduate at that high school. There was only, I think, like three or four. Four. If you're counting my aunts and whatnot. Because it was three girls that was with her during the fight. And... I just shared a variety of things. The NACCP, I'm probably saying it wrong, they were involved in the fight. How were they involved? When Leroy, he said the child's father, so they didn't even mention his name. Uh, my, gra- my great-grandfather, who I did meet, and um, he passed, I had to be like nine years old when he died, um, very long time ago. The point is, I met him. I didn't meet my great-grandmother, Doshi. She died in her, I think I was told she was 50 when she passed, which is very young, but she died from a heart attack, very young. And she had 11 kids. And my grandmother was one of 11. And um, kind of wish I, I met her, to be honest. My mother was very close with her grandmother. Um, my mother said she was 13 years old and she missed her she missed knowing her as a you know when she was a woman even though my mother two years later became pregnant with my brother and she became a mother Um, my mom said she was very lonely because she was the only child even though she had a lot of cousins remember I said um, my grandmother had 10 other siblings, one of 11, right? So that's a lot of cousins. And, um, but it's different. 
being an only child versus being a person that has siblings is completely different. And like some people who don't grow up with a lot of siblings want to offer that type of lifestyle, that type of love and camaraderie that exists with siblings. So um, that's one reason why she, and she fell off with my dad. So my dad stayed up the street. He went to the same high school. So da da da, four people. <laughs> um, and my siblings have kids. I have no kids. My baby sister has no kids, but it's eight grandkids. So the life cycle has to move forward. So let's get to the here and now. Talking about my grandmother. Also, she worked for the White House. Yes, not political. Don't get excited. Not political. She is far too smart to do anything political. Just an opinion. Because doing politics, doing the juncture of when she was working for the White House, where did she work for? What position did she have? She was a lunch lady. And you talking to a lunch lady before the pandemic. I was a lunch lady for two years at Jennings Elementary in Oakland, New Jersey. And my school was freaking phenomenal. And I miss the kids. We're not too far from the Ritz Theater. You're also talking to an artist. Yes, yes. Not only am I doing this podcast show, um, Black History Month Part 3, but I do photography. I'm a freelance photographer, unapologetically. I had an art gallery show. My work was featured 2019, October for on Halloween, on Halloween to November 24th, and I'm also doing something spectacular at home these days, right, with the pandemic and all, and people trying to figure out how to survive as an artist. If you're an artist and you learn how to, what they call a game changer, figure out how to take your work to the next level. I had my repeat customers long before this pandemic, that's an advantage, folks, when you have a repeat customer, you have your clientele base, and this is me telling you how I've sold 478 pieces. Yes, baby, I've sold that much. People say that's impressive. I sometimes get impressed, but welcome to my Black History Month podcast show, and I'm talking about my grandmother, and I'm talking about me, so I'm talking about her and what she did and the articles that I found on her about her life. So, and I'm talking also, don't be afraid to look at what you've accomplished. Sometimes I think we get caught up in the whole what happened before our time. And it can be quite fascinating, to be honest. Like, <clears throat> I'm, people who know me know I'm outspoken. People who don't know me think I'm quiet and elusive and to myself I'm like that to people who I don't know it's a defense mechanism that still exists with me and I don't open up to everybody I wouldn't advise you to open up to everybody by the way so me who sold 478 pieces I am doing an art display on my funny frames and my dishes that I sell be on the lookout for it this happy Monday good Morning. It's 8.49 a.m. And this is a happy fun day Monday when I do my art display on Facebook, on Twitter, and sometimes Instagram. So be on the lookout for it. 
and don't be afraid to give me compliments or whatnot. So let's get back to this Black History moment. So I who sold 478 items, I who looked for research about her work employment, which I couldn't find. I'm going, to, I'm going to have to go back there for sure. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to go back there this year. I ain't thought about the month. It's like a standstill for a lot of people. So if I travel, it's a purpose involved. It's not, I'm just traveling and having fun and nope. I, we're not doing that no more. You know what I'm saying? And like, I'm not going to risk my health. <laughs> just to travel, you know, but yeah, I'm going to live my life, so I'm going to risk living my life, I'm going to do that, and I advise you to do that shit too, but be careful, wear your mask, some people are getting the vaccine, if you ain't getting sick from it, look, okay, I guess it's for you, I'm not there, um, that's not my thing, I just play it safe, so if you're one of those folks getting the vaccine, good for you, if you're not, I'm not putting you down neither. So um, let's get back to the rest of the show. I can't do a podcast show without acknowledging the truth. We just had a change of power on Biden as the president and Camilla. We got our first African-American. I think she's African-American and um, she's mixed. Her father's Jamaican and her mother is, I believe, from India. Some people say China, but I think she's from India. But I guess I have to call, call Camilla or do my research to really figure it out. But um, the point I'm making, we got a sister in the house. We got a queen in the house, you know, and I see her. And I'm really grateful that we have her. Um, so it's a beautiful thing to recognize another queen. So all hats go to you, Camilla, as an African-American woman. I have so much admiration for you and keep doing the good job that I think you and O'Biden are trying to do up under the other reign we have with Mr. Trump. I know there's, there's Trump supporters out there. Hold up, hold up. You can support whoever the hell you want. But Trump was not my president. He was my um, entertainer, reality star. He, that was not for, I never seen him as a politician. I just seen him as a game show host. I didn't see him as a a man of honor, a man of uh, somebody who I looked up to. Never that. And then like some people are not um, role models. And you know some things people if they're being honest, 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 they'll tell you we're not role models and don't have your kids look up to us. <laughs> Them people I actually respect a little bit more. I believe he's one of those people, even though I've never heard him say that, he really should have said it because you have people putting their life, their health in this person's hands, even though, you know what, the truth be told, they are accountable for their own decisions, meaning they're grown. If they choose to do this, guess what? That's on them. Even though they never looked, I'm probably, I'm sure they didn't think of this. These people who got sick with covid and who were hospitalized and everything. It's like, I don't know. Some people recover from COVID and bounce back. And some people, it was harder for them. They have predisposed conditions. Like governor, ex-governor Chrissy 
Christy, I think his name is, yeah, um, he, I don't know if he's still in the hospital, but he was actually hospitalized for a good while, you know, and Trump, I don't know how he bounced back so fast, but he bounced back fast, and I don't know when, but like, I think people just need to leave him alone, even though a lot of people feel like, well, he messed with us and did the country wrong, okay, I feel that way too, because, well, I'm not a person who's supposed to Mr. Trump, but at the same time, I don't believe in hurting people, but at the same time, if you're doing something against the law, just like any other citizen, you're not, um, you're not above the law, it's kind of like my point, um, regardless of how much money and status quo you have, truth be told, you, if you do something illegal, and you do it to a large mass of people, that's too much dirt to be hitting. You know, that's just how I feel. And so we can call Trump a variety of things, but he's a person. He's just a man. And not necessarily an honorable man. A very rich man. But, I mean, he was what they call inherited wealth. You know, generational wealth. Old money. You get it. I think his grandfather is the one, or his father, his father, I'm sorry, Gave him money, invest in these businesses, and that's a good thing, right? It can be good, it can be a bad. All depends on what you like. If you've got that type of money, what what is your heart? What do you tre- treasure? But let's get off of politics. What my grandmother did work in the Congress cafeteria. Yes, so I want to try to understand the White House, the the property. Me, who's actually went in Washington, D.C., knows that the Library of Congress is the same exact building. It's the same exact property. I have a point in mentioning the Library of Congress. The basement, they call it the Yellow Brick Road, by the way, um, is where the Congress cafeteria is at. This is during Richard Nixon's, Lyndon B. Johnson's reign. It's when she worked there once upon a time. I found out later, though my mother don't know a whole bunch of things, like I said, she didn't, for whatever reason, certain information was left out. And certain information I had to pray for and dig for. But that's okay. You know, I'm actually grateful that I had the opportunity to have this journey. To talk about many G. Woods, many G. Woods, my belated best friend, grandmother, and homie. So, <laughs> I miss her. My dad, before he passed, he said, well, that's my friend. I said, that's my best friend. Because <laughs> like we were arguing over her. And um, he missed her, too. So, he actually literally died a day after her birthday. You know? <sighs> Funny how things like that happen. I'm kind of glad that he died a day after her birthday because I would have to think about her birthday and his death the same year of this day. You understand what I'm saying? Everything has its purpose. I like to believe it does. Maybe I'm weird, but I like to think it does. So let me continue. So um, matter of fact, if you like this historical podcast show, I just gave you a variety of information about my grandmother and about yours truly, about me having my art gallery show. That was my second art gallery show. Um, what was so crazy about me doing this art gallery show at the Ritz Theater, 
this is my second one but the first one I had did was back in 2016 and I did something for the for Rutgers University um, I did an art exhibit they had opened up in a lobby space and black and white pictures poster historical landmark I have the opportunity to do that and I love architecture so and, and Rutgers University paid me $500 for it and I had a philanthropist who actually paid for my work to get developed. That was the second time paying for my work to get developed. And it was straight, I got a check in the mail and I cashed that mug <laughs> from Rutgers University. So I did a 2016 piece, a 2017 piece and 2019. And today I still sell my art. By the way, if you want to support this art gallery, this art gallery, this philanthropist, I try to support people when I can, okay? Um, and there's obviously documentary person, Tamika Michelle Newell. You can, yes, you can subscribe, subscribe to my podcast show today. Why don't you do it? Become a part of it. Matter of fact, on this Monday, I guarantee you two things. I'm going to literally share this podcast show don't know what time but i will be sharing this podcast show this is a guarantee on this happy monday i will be sharing it and i will do you can literally subscribe right here matter of fact take the time to do it be a part of that i'm looking for other people to subscribe to my podcast show this podcast show has became an actual income yes so be a part of that why don't you be a part of it five dollars and up is what i asked for um but you can do any dollar amount anything you feel like i'm worthy of hey thank you for supporting me being a part of that so my grandma's not only did she fight against you know the craziness of stocko high and the times of 1959 in west virginia charleston also, she worked in the Congress cafeteria during Richard Nixon's and Lyndon B. Johnson's reign. And I, yours truly, when I did my art gallery shows, I'm not a rich person. A lot of people think if you do art, you're rich. Nope, not true. I actually had people fronting me. I actually had people support me like Ranja and William Butler, who gave me the opportunity to soar. And I did that thing. I soared literally. I won't say I like flying, but I succeeded in a hard situation i was homeless and i had people who paid for my work to get developed so what i did both of those art exhibits i didn't pay for them so well certain talent stands out and even Rutgers university a multi-billion dollar institute recognized that and i never worked for washington dc like my grandmother um, but my mother went to her elementary years she was in Maryland which Maryland and Washington DC are like a half hour away I wouldn't know I went to Washington DC I would know so if you are interested in subscribing please do that this has been a art moment historical moment part three podcast show over and out opportunity awaits opportunity awaits is the name of this podcast show so let me spend a time to Hand you the opportunity of what to welcome you. Bring your ear closer to my podcast show. Today, I would like to discuss an opportunity that awaited for me when I was busy having fun. When I say busy having fun, you know, we can take that as 
so many ways. But I am trying to gear you to the most positive direction. Today I got a um, opportunity to take care of myself and help others. Helping in what you may ask. Something as simple as give gift giving. I think some people have forgot the whole. It's an actual art. I think it is personally. Gift giving tells some people. It tells people what they really think of you. It tells what they value. And what would they like to give to you? Gift giving. So let's talk about gift giving today. And I'm going to talk about further how I got me an incredible opportunity that I am seizing. Of course I'm seizing. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Maybe this is your first time listening to my podcast show. Let me introduce, reintroduce myself. Hi, my name is Tamika Michelle Newell. I know those who know me on Facebook or on Instagram, they call me by Michelle. That's my middle name, okay? I like that name more. But my legal first name is Tamika, T-A-M-I-K-A. But my Michelle, Michelle Newell is my Instagram page. And my Michelle Newell, Michelle M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, last name, N-E-W-E-L-L-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. I forget to put the E at the end. And it's my damn name. Anyway, the point I'm making, Tamika Michelle Newell is my name. And today I want to influence you. I try to influence other people to... Hmm, that's what I'm looking for. It's not just about making money. See, I think a lot of times people get things messed up. Don't get it twisted. Money does have a monetary value. And I value my artwork, and I like to think you value yours. There's no guarantees in life. And I don't know if anybody's going to tell you. There's no magic um, you guarantee to make money. Um tip out there. I'm here to tell you that shit right now. There's no such thing as a guaranteed tip. If someone is telling you this, they're selling you something. They're a line of bullshit. You ain't got to agree with me, but I'm telling you from a standpoint of experience of promoting my work and I mean, I tell you how far I've went. And then I tell you what happened to me today, busy doing something good, seizing the moment. Knowing the moment is so important. So today I had got an opportunity to take care of myself. So you got to do the balance, right? At least that's how I feel like I should live my life, learning how to balance giving and taking care of me. So I took care of me. And as I took care of me, I had got a deal. I had got a discount for next time I get me a massage. Normally, the 10th of this month, I was supposed to go. But they contacted me today and said that the deal ends today. And I said, okay. Because they told me next time around, when I get my massage, folks, I will be able to get 30 minutes more add on to the massage guess who's taking it me gladly hello i mean wouldn't you if massage is your deal there's nothing wrong with massages i don't know some people ain't into it okay i know a lot of people are not comfortable when people touch them but like i feel you it's your temple you should feel that way 
you know what I'm saying, I guess, I don't know, like me, I'm already in business of massage, so I'm in a position where I am actually taking care of my body as a part of my physical therapy, as I am eating healthier, watching what I eat, and work out, and try to take care of my body a lot better, closely, so... In retrospect, the whole point of me getting a massage, okay, yeah, it's about the relaxation. I'm not going to lie. Normally, I I sleep better when I get a massage. Maybe you do too, if you that is your deal, don't know. Um, some people are, like, not comfortable with massage for different reasons. But let's not get on that subject. Let's get on the subject of what and how I got an opportunity today. Do you believe in the power of prayer? And I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's a magic prayer that you're guaranteed to get blessings. I am not going to lie to you like that. I don't believe in wasting people's time. And maybe you're going to be one of my subscribers or clients or future clients. And and, and just might be you. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to become a part of that. Why not? I mean, it's up to you. I'm only going to give me a few seconds for advertisement. Then we get back to the point. All right. So seizing the moment, going after your opportunity. So and something good happened to me today. So the seizing the moment is now. If you believe in my work, if you listen to my other podcast shows and you support or maybe you just like this one in particularly, you can leave a voicemail, leave compliments and you can subscribe. Yes, you can subscribe to this podcast show. And guess what I'm going to do for y'all today? I am not going to spend a whole bunch of time on advertising. I'm just suggesting that you subscribe because I like to believe when you do good, good will happen to you. I, I'm one of those people that do gooders, believe in, like, okay, I know I go scripture because that's what I believe in and that's what I stand for. And you know what? I'm not ashamed of it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not ashamed of it. I think people, if they learn to be ashamed of the other shit they be doing, their life would be a little different. I like to think so. If you become ashamed of something or convicted of something, wouldn't that make you want to change your thoughts? Okay, just an opinion. I'm not ashamed of doing what's good in an evil, wicked world. It's not easy because a lot of folks ain't picking it up. A lot of people ain't trying to do all that. I'm not saying I'm the only one on the earth that's doing something good. No, it's because of God's goodness in my life. So let's get to the point. If you would like to subscribe to my podcast show, do me a favor. Think about it. Think what you can afford. Do me a favor and figure out if this is in your heart to give. That's it. That's all I'm asking. The opportunity to subscribe. And I'm going to talk about a few of my pieces on my advertising moment here on Tamika Season the Moment doing something good podcast show um i want to offer you something unique but see i'm not trying to offer you free items i think some people have this like mindset that blows me away like i'm just desperate for a dollar desperate for a dollar and i think some people can't see past their, okay a lot of people a lot of people can't see past their own mess or their own assumptions of you or you know some people think they have you figured out and then they're trying to micromanage you just like they run the business cuttingly micromanage you and it's almost like it's a very it could be a toxic relationship if you're not careful like let me give you a small example 
Now, I ain't talking about toxic relationships or like being married to somebody because I've been through that shit and I'm done with it. Yeah, divorce is progress. Anyway, <laughs> oh, sign of relief when I talk about it today. Instead of crying and screaming in seriously, seriously hostile and anger. When you had your life in danger the way I did and gave everything to find out, this person basically said, Elf you? Wow. Okay. So you're disgusting and you just, I'm too good for you. That's what I figured out with toxic relationships. So it's the same thing. It's the same deal or deal in a business relationship. Oh, yeah. Don't think you can't possess a abusive, micromanaged relationship with, with people who say they want to buy your products, say they want to pay you for your art, your performance, whatever type of art that you do. Don't think people ain't going to try to say, oh, like, oh, 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 uh, is it that price? No, I, I, I want to pay you this amount. Then you don't want to pay me. You're looking for some other generic individual. You're not looking for a person that's like myself. I don't know everybody who I talk to. But when people be cutting and then they want to put God at the end of it, it pisses me off just a tad because I know God enough to know God ain't wrapped up in your BS. So I'm learning that when people do not respect your business, your craft, whatever little thing that you do, maybe you're a performing artist. Everybody don't do photography, okay? On a note that I do it, I have, I'm really looking at a collection right now that I'm gonna tell you about it. And maybe it's something you might want in your living room, your kitchen. Maybe it's something that you want, or maybe on your dresser. I have a Jimi Hendrix 5x7 um, with a red guitar and a yellow, reddish color Jimi Hendrix picture 5 by 7 70 bucks that's what I'm selling it for unapologetically that's what it is if you're a big Jimi Hendrix fan <laughs> if you've seen what I'm talking about buying for 5 to 5 by 7 and if you see what I see and I'm a Jimi Hendrix fan yes I am I can't help myself to me this is the automatic, you are cool to me, and my cool as hell, cool to the fan, cool as hell. Well, if you know how to play a guitar, <laughs> damn. That's like the instrument I've always wanted to know how to play. Anybody else out there feel that way? So, season the moment, folks. This is 70 bucks. And I also have some art, some photo arts. They're 10 inch plates. These are arts that's naturally, meaning, Nevada, New Jersey, Cali, San Diego, all over. I have art from all over the United States, all over my plates. Because, see, I've traveled. I've made the sacrifice, and I actually had a good time doing it. In the midst of that, I've seen mountains. I'm thinking about doing a mountain display. Of course, I got some Vegas shots, some lit up at night Vegas shots on plates. You have to see it for yourself. These are $30 each and I got some spectacular architecture work here in the tri-state area. And I have also some antique pieces. I have an eight by 10 antique frame piece of a spectacular photo shot that I took in Philadelphia two years ago. And I got, I got a thing for frames. I also have a four by six frame that is literally built like a lawn chair. Four by six, a San Diego shot. 
that I took me in Beach Corleone. It's a beautiful historical hotel on the property. Huge and beautiful and quite significant. That is going for $70 as well. And the 8x10 local shots, well, they're not local, I'm sorry. These, this is, like I said, I'm a national artist. I go all over the world. Well, I would like to say I go all over the world. Now I'm going to further in the United States, and that's where I'm at now. The point I'm making is I have a shot of a slot machine, a diamond slot machine is what they call a diamond slot machine in Las Vegas of Marilyn Monroe. You can't talk about Vegas without saying Jimi Hendrix, Elvis Presley. I don't have one of him just yet. Um, I have images of Marilyn Monroe. I got a thing for Marilyn Monroe. Anybody else like Marilyn Monroe stuff? Very girly, very dainty, very sparkly. And I have some circle stand shots. Those are going for $70 as well. Five by seven. And I have double. I have double. What this? I have a pet. This is a pet moment. If you want more love in your life, get a pet. I have a pet. His name is Lorenzo Leeper, Las Vegas. I named him this because he jumps and walk on two feet all the time. He just sleeps on the couch. He know I'm talking about him, so he all rubbing on me. He's four years old. I got him. I got him in Blackwood. And he just loved my attention. And he can't stand when I'm on the phone. <laughs> but I'm talking about love here, Lorenzo. And without that, I think life is better for me. I was here by myself. And I got this, this <laughs> not only fun, funny. He attacks like my, like if he hear my phone ringing, he's attacking it. Or if it's making music noise, he attack it. Oh, <laughs> he just want me to rub on his head. And he loves leaping places. Like, I think he thinks he's a bull slash billy goat because he likes to eat stuff, not food. <laughs> Which I don't get that, but I think it's hilarious. And this one is literally laying on my hand right now as I'm talking to you. And I can feel him purring. It's so cute. But anyway, so let's get back to the 8x10s. These two images I'm making reference to. One is, like I said, it's a slot machine of Marilyn Monroe. Diamond shot. And one is a digital shot of the Fremont experience. And I told you about the circle shots, five by seven, 70 bucks each. And so, and the double shot, sunflower shot, that's a mirror shot. And that one is going for $80. And I also have 11 by six, this, that are 150 each. This is a after the rain shot. It literally is a rainbow. I wouldn't say rainbow. It looks, it's shaped like a rainbow. It's not the color of a rainbow. Don't want to mislead you. 11 by 14. And it's a splash of morning color, meaning it's a sunset shot in New Jersey. It's spectacular. You have to see it for yourself. 150 each. Oh, my, while I'm talking about more advertisement, why don't you advertise your work? What's stopping you? And you can ask me to support you. What do you do? What type of artist are you? Are you ready to present yourself? Oh, by the way, I have an 8x10 electric blue double frame shot for $80. And I also have an art mug, 10 ounce for $25. If you like the electric blue shot, it's electric fine. I guarantee you that. It's almost a royal blue, but it's more of a neon blue. You have to see the shot for yourself. So that's enough of my advertising. So what... 
are you are you waiting for something spectacular to happen in order for you to present your work? I want to suggest something to you. Do you have the time to invest in yourself? I'm assuming you do because you listen to this podcast show. Thank you and thank you and thank all of you for coming to this podcast show. So let's go further. I spoke about my work. I'm talking about spectacular things, but you know what I realized? There are so many artists out there. And I think I'm talking to some right now at the sound of my voice. How are you magnificent, powerful one? You who have the power to ignite and set the skies on fire. Your art, people, I'm here to tell you, I never thought my art be going to outer space. My first professional picture was a, people think it's an eclipse. It's not. Um, It is a moon picture I took here in Jersey, a full they call it a blood moon. Some people say it's a strawberry moon. It's a variety of colors. It's orange. It's red. It's just beautiful. And it stood out. And I captured it at night, of course. And the point I'm making, people love that picture. So, with all that being said, this cat's constantly t- take my attention. <laughs> we know I love him. And I ain't going to tell him no. So of course, I'm going to do that. As long as he don't scratch me, I got to hold his paws. And try to teach him to love. Gentle, gentle. Love, love. So, let me get to the points. I told you my work. Now, I told you my prices. $70, $80, $30 is the lowest I will go for my place. Do not sell yourself short, folks. I caught myself selling myself short when I would, I used to sell my work for $8. What position? I used to sell my work for less than that. What position was I in for that to happen? Obviously, I didn't have a place of my own. Obviously, I didn't know my work would sell. Obviously, I just wanted a bus pass and some food to eat with $5. That's what $5 meant to me some years ago. Today, $5 won't even give me a combo at a restaurant. Let's keep it honest. It won't. So $8 is not worth my, for me, it's not worth it. When I make a reference to my refrigerator magazine, a lot of people like them because of the prices. It's cheap. People love to save money. I like to gain money. We got a problem here. (laughs) So I just figured out that's not something I will no longer be selling. Okay, I take that back. I'll sell it if it's in value, meaning if you want seven of them, for $8 each, yeah, I sell them. I'm not gonna sell them for one for eight bucks. Well, Tamika won't waste her time like that. I invest $2.50 for the material, the image. So basically all I'm really making is $5.75. Back to the $5. I'm not no Dauphine baby. I don't need $5, I ain't trying to get a hit. And what I understand, it costs more than that. Look, I don't really know. I don't do drugs. <laughs> Last time I did weed, it was... Well, to me, weed is not a real big thing. As long as you know, like, what to smoke and who to smoke with. Because you be smoking with strangers. you shady characters. Um, yeah, I don't want to hit no crack. <laughs> I don't want to get that fucking high. No, thank you. No, thank you. There's just some things I'd rather not do or experience. Anyway, so um, can anyone else feel me on that? You know, I don't have to burn my hand to figure out the fire is hot. You know that old saying, right? But anyways, I'll just share that old saying with you. And today I'm asking you, why are you not doing what you do? 
who've lied to you. A lot of people, including yours truly for years. I did not do my art because I was listening to the lies of so many people played in my head. Can I admit that? I mean, I could talk about you and what I'm assuming it, why you're not doing it. But I'm going to tell you why I didn't do it. I had people abusing the fuck out of me. When someone mentally, emotionally messes with your identity, baby, you don't know who you are, how powerful you are, and who you can inspire. Who can you encourage? Not only can you do things to encourage yourself, but you can encourage other people too. I had no idea this was me because I was being lied to by weak, pathetic, coward people. Coward people try to control you. Coward people manipulate you, lie to you, or they're threatened by you, your talent, you, you shine too bright. So they got to talk you down. They got to belittle you. And when you start listening to that shit, it, became, it becomes power over you. I know I did it for, hmm, I'm 40 years old. I'll be 41 next month, folks. So I did it for, if I want to track the four years, I'm back in my art. Good Lord. It's been a long time. So I'm so humble when I got the opportunity I got today. I gained the opportunity today. Yes, I did. And yes, I've been praying and I'm not going to deny it. I've been praying for new clientele. Not that I want to respect the clientele, but I need more. I need more than a $30 piece that I sold for the week. I need more. I want you to think what $30 will get you. Because I know what it will get me. I need to get around. I don't have a car. I know that's not y'all, nobody else's problem but my own because I am responsible for my own. I need to get around. $30 is a big deal. $30. Not that it doesn't mean something. It does mean something. So I'm not going to sell my work for $30. No less than $30. I promise you that. I promise Tamika that. Because I need to eat and I need to get around and I need to reinvest into my work. At least be able to do that. $30 does all that for me. It doesn't like pay rent. No, <laughs> that's a joke. No, uh, it's, it, it supplies the immediate need versus the long-term need. I have a desire to, to own y'all. I'm not going to lie to own my own house, but I own my own business. Don't get it twisted. I do. And I like to think you who like to seize the moment, you who's listening to my podcast show, hi. How are you? Let's get acquainted. Let's get better acquaintance. And let's talk a little further. So guess what happened to me? And I want it to happen to you. I've been praying. I've been praying, oh Jesus, I've been praying for a new clientele, I've been praying for a bigger avenue, and guess what baby, today, this Monday, it happened to me, and I want it to happen to you, I would love to sit here and tell you, everything I'm telling you is going to guarantee you rich, what? Nigga, I ain't rich. So how the fuck I'm going to tell you how to get rich? All I can tell you is about the things that I endured and what worked for me. And you can use that for your very self. That's all I can tell you. Tips. Advice. Not guarantee profits. Only what I've learned in the business. You know, people, when it comes down to money, people are so nasty. Sometimes it depends on the people and some people are quite giving 
And some people are just disgusting. Oh, I can go to Walmart and get, get it for $20. I will gladly tap you on the back and tell you, well, go to Walmart. Because I know damn well all this art. I've traveled nationally. I've traveled nationally. Me. I've traveled for this shit. I work for this shit. I guarantee you, Walmart, there's a multi-billion dollar industry to not possess what I possess. How about that? And you know what? I don't need you or anybody to clarify that. Me who worked in Walmart for two and a half years and when I came back to New Jersey, I worked in Walmart. Baby, you can't tell me what's in Walmart. I know what's in Walmart and it's quite generic. Anybody can do that shit. Trust me. I worked in sales. I worked. The, I was the front end cashier for a multi-billion dollar industry, baby. Look at me now. You know, I had people want me to kiss their ass for $5. I won't even sell it for 8 Kiss my ass. That's how I feel for people who are nasty. I don't even care to have them in my business. I might tell other people that say interested in my work. I might tell them I'm doing something new. If I feel like sharing or devolving such valuable information. But I'm not, if I don't tell you a price for me, I don't want you to buy, baby. If you want to act nasty, guess what? I want to not deal with you. There's too many nasty people in the world. I don't need an addition. Thank you. So, don't be desperate to chase a dollar. Because when you don't value it, someone will buy your shit for a dollar. I really mean a dollar. And resell it for like a hundred dollars. And keep it moving. Because they know what your work is worth. You think... Some of these multi-billion dollar industries, let me give you a small example. In Times Square, New York, I'm trying to think his name. His name, something Marshall. He's an artist. The point I'm making, he sold his work for 10, 25, oh, was it 10? 10 grand. Four years later, he, they turned around and sold that for 10 million, baby. Now, that's how you do business. This, I can't tell you the name of the artist. It's not coming to my mouth. I just can't think of him right now. But he's an African-American. He does fine African-American art. Love it. And um, outspoken speaker. He's done seminars, things of that nature. And so the point is, if you don't know what your work is worth, baby, somebody else will clean in on it. So today, while I was in the bookstore, Picking up items for people that I know that their birthday's coming up and I just had to do. I just couldn't resist it. In the midst of me buying stuff for them, okay, I got me a book too. I couldn't help myself. Guess what else happened? A person who works at the store who gave me his business card. I told him about my work. This brother gave me his business card and guess whose work is going to be in the store? Mine. Look at God. I was in the midst of buying stuff for someone, little one's birthday. Okay, yeah, I got something for myself, too. We start talking. He said, you're an artist. He said, I will have your stuff. He literally pointed to where my art would be. My work. That's right. Mine. So the point is, when I'm caught up doing something good, something great happened to me. And I was in the midst of prayer. I got so much rejection. People telling me, oh, your work is too expensive. You too rich for my blood. When I'm sharing something to you on know, me, some people, they messed up their credibility with, uh, credibility with me a long time ago. To where it's like, 
even if you had the money, baby, you couldn't buy it from me. You know, um, well, I'm asking you, well, I'm not asking you, sorry, I don't beg for shit because I ain't no bum, okay? Some people think that you're begging, fuck all that. I don't need you. Let me tell you something. Even if it's your family, baby, if they don't respect where you coming from, me who got a letter from Barack Obama in the midst of me sleeping on a cot on 5-5 Atlantic, you can't tell me shit. That's how much favor I have in my life. While I was writing Barack Obama and his administration um, a thank you letter and telling him what his, his administration and his influence have meant to me, they wrote me back. Yeah, yeah, me. I'm telling you, your gift will make room for you. If you believe it. I can't tell you what to believe. Mm -mm. I can only suggest that you believe that shit far more than anybody else. Because if you really have an art and a gift, then let it shine. So this is something good happened to me type of podcast show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and an honor to listen. You listening to me. And I hope that these tips can help you over and out.